How's everybody doing this morning? Good to see you guys. Welcome to an awesome Sunday um, here at church. And, and I think, you know, I, I tend to think every Sunday is awesome around here, but you guys really picked a good week to join us because last week we started a brand new series to finish up our summer called At the Movies. And in this blockbuster four-part series, we're hoping to have a lot of fun with you guys. Hopefully you grabbed some, some popcorn this morning from in the back if you like popcorn. But we're also hoping that this is going to be a very impactful series as we dive into some of Hollywood's biggest hits over the years and along the way unpack some core spiritual truths in our lives and for our church. So last week, Pastor Julie began the series, and she talked with us about love and she talked about her favorite genre of movies, which is rom-coms, romantic comedies, and, and love stories that she really likes. And so I think even um, last week there was a guy who might have lost his man card in the middle of the, the service. We're trying to help him find it, but he knew the answer to a Nicholas Sparks movie question. He knew the answer was the notebook, so who knows if we'll ever find his man card again. But to help today... To help today, I, I believe that to kind of balance things out, um, we're going to look at my favorite genre of movies, and that's action and adventure. Movies that are kind of overflowing a little bit with testosterone. Think Gladiator, think Braveheart. But more specifically, uh, my favorite action and adventure movies are superhero films. Those are my absolute favorite. I mean, I just love them. And if you've ever been over to my house, uh, maybe you know this about me, but um, I used to collect comic books growing up. I, I did as a child and as a teenager and even as a college student. Um, in fact, last Christmas, my wife unboxed some of my favorite comics and she framed and displayed them in our basement, which we call our main cave. Um, maybe in an, another message, I'll, I'll bring some of them in to show you guys. But I actually have some dating back to the golden age of comics. And, and so last week, Julie threw up some rom-com trivia for you guys. And so I think this week, it's only appropriate to play a trivia game um, surrounding one of my favorite movie series and perhaps arguably the greatest superhero team of all time. And that's the Avengers. All right. Now, some of you um, might be superhero nerds like me out there, and you're like, well, Pastor AJ, what about the Justice League, okay, with Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman? And look, I, I want to give props where, where props are due. Uh, Wonder Woman was a great movie, okay? I, I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. Uh, my first crush as a kid, I think I told you guys this, was Linda Carter, okay? That was my very first crush as a, as a child. And Gal Gadot, the new Wonder Woman, I think it's absolutely beautiful, okay? I'm not ashamed to admit that. In fact, I'm also not ashamed to admit that I may have a man crush on Aquaman, all right? So um, for me, I would love to get up one morning, look in the mirror, and see Jason Momoa, you know, staring back at me um, to have abs like that. Uh, women, you can amen this morning if you like some Jason Momoa. Yes, all right. Yes, thank you for your honesty. And so I'll give you Wonder Woman. I'll give you maybe the Aquaman film. Um, I've told you guys this before. I'm just not feeling Ben Affleck as Batman because I think I could take him in a fight. And so I just have trouble with that. I struggle with that, okay? And, and I'm sorry, but the Justice League movie, even the remake, which was better than the original, the Justice League movie I just don't think was as good as the Avengers movies. They just don't compare. And so we're going to do a little Avengers trivia this morning. But for those of you who might not be into 
superheroes or, or comic books, I'm going to give you a little bit of background information this morning on the Avengers to help you out so you still have a chance in our trivia game. Um, the Avengers are a fictional superhero team appearing in the American comic book company, Marvel Comics. This superhero team made its debut in Avengers number one, which debuted in 1963, and it was created by writer-editor Stan Lee and artist-co-writer Jack Kirby. Labeled as Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the original team of the Avengers consisted of the Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, Ant-Man, and Wasp. But they were quickly joined in episode four, in comic book version four, with uh, Captain America joining the team. And then other heroes throughout history, like Hawkeye, Black Widow, Falcon, Vision, Scarlet Witch, and the Black Panther were part of the team. This superhero team is famous for their battle cry, Avengers Assemble, and has appeared in a wide variety of media, from comic books to even a number of animated TV series. And then... In 2012, the live-action film, The Avengers, set numerous box office records, including one of the biggest openings ever with, with a gross um, intake on their first weekend of $207.4 million. That was in an opening weekend. The second Avengers film, titled Avengers Age of Ultron, was released in 2015, followed by Avengers Infinity War in 2018, and then Avengers Endgame, which came out in 2019. And both of those films became the first superhero films to gross over $2 billion each worldwide. That's billion with a B. Now, well, I don't have a billion dollars to give out to you guys today. I do have some more movie theater candy for those of you who might know a little bit about the Avengers. And my assistant this morning is going to be my lovely daughter, Lexi. She's going to help me out there. So she's going to be kind of scanning the crowd. Jim, if you could kind of help on this end too, just to keep an eye over here so you can see if somebody raises their hand. Don't shout out the answer. Just raise your hand if you think they know, know the answer. Whoever they say is the first person who raised their hand, we're going to give you a chance to answer, okay? So I got several questions for you. Question number one is this. This billionaire genius is one of the founders of the Avengers, and he actually lives in this place right here. Here's a clue for you guys. Oh, we see a hand up. Oh, oh where's, where's it at? Tony Stark. Okay, we'll accept that. Tony Stark or Iron Man is correct. That is correct. And you can pick from our candy bin right over there. Let's give it up for him. Good job. Well done. All right, Lex, you might have to look from the back there now, okay? Hang out in the back there. Keep your eyes open, all right? Question number two. Um, one of my, my favorite Avengers is the strongest Avenger, okay? And, and that is the Incredible Hulk. Love the Incredible Hulk. Does anybody know his secret identity? So over here, okay. Bruce Banner, is she right? Absolutely, Dr. Bruce Banner. Correct, good job, Kelly. All right, question number three, question. Um, the master of the mystical arts is Dr. Strange, who becomes a part of the team to help fight um, in the Avengers uh, series. Does anybody know this actor's real name? He also played Sherlock Holmes. Benedict Cumberbatch is correct. There we go. I don't know if any of you guys have seen the Sherlock series. He's very good in the Sherlock series as well. 
All right, one of my favorite Marvel movies, this might be my top Marvel movies, actually Guardians of the Galaxy, who also joined the Avengers in the Avengers movies, and Star-Lord, Star-Lord is the kind of the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but there's one member of the team that he's a little bit sweet on, that he has a crush on. Do you guys know who it is? I think, in the, up here? You might have to throw that candy up. Gamora, is he right? Yes, it's Gamora, good job. Well done. Just chuck him some candy. Let's see if he can catch. <laughs> so you don't get to pick when you're in the balcony. She just throws stuff at you. That's what we do here. All right, there we go. Good catch. Good catch. And an iconic, iconic Marvel superhero who also joins the Avengers is Spider-Man. Is Spider-Man. Does anybody know Spider-Man's secret identity? All the way in the back. I saw a hand. Peter Parker. That's right, absolutely right. Let's give it up for Christine, good job. <laughs> Lexi, we're sending you all around the room this morning. You're getting your workout today, okay? All right, here we go with our next question, our next question. Um, there's a fictional nation known as Wakanda, which has technological advancements. It's actually an invisible city found in Africa. Who's the ruler of Wakanda? <laughs> I think I saw a hand in the middle. Hank? Black Panther. Is he right? Absolutely, he's right. Black Panther. Good job, Hank. Right there in the middle, Lexi. I have to make you go into the crowd. All right, a couple more, a couple more. Um, one of the most powerful members of the Avengers team is actually the Scarlet Witch, um, Wanda Maximoff. She's one of the most powerful characters. Now, she has kind of an interesting love story. She falls in love with someone who isn't quite human. Who are they? Over in the back here. I see a hand. Say it out loud. Vision. Vision is correct. That's right. We love vision. Good job. All right. Now, back to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you know, superheroes sometimes have best friends. And one of my favorite characters is Rocket the Raccoon. Um, who is Rocket's best friend? Who is it, Jim? Over here? <laughs> you can give them both one if they know the answer. Shout it out. Groot. Groot, they're both right. You can give two candies right there and right there, okay? Raise your hand high so she sees you. Lexi, are you good? Awesome, okay. All right, couple more questions. I've got two left here, two left. Um, every superhero franchise usually has an arch villain. And this villain is trying to capture this very powerful weapon known as the Infinity Gauntlet. Who is the villain of the Avengers? Thanos. Thanos. Is he right? Yes. There he is, Thanos. He's pretty crazy. Um, nobody snapped this morning, okay? That's what you're not supposed to do if you're wearing the Infinity Gauntlet. All right, and last question. Jim, you got eyes out? Last question. Um, another great member of the Avengers is Thor, who's known as the God of Thunder. His brother is known as the God of Mischief. Who is he? Loki is correct. That's right. Good job, guys. Well done with that. Well done, well done. Well, some of you really know your Avengers. And like I said, um, I am a big, big superhero fan. But today, my goal is to help each of us discover 
another superhero in our life, one that is not fictional, but one that is real. And my hope and prayer is that many of you would come to see this. And this is kind of our our bottom line, our big truth. I'm going to give it to you right off the bat in this message today. And it's this, that Jesus Christ is the hero of everything for all time. That Jesus Christ is the hero of everything for all time. Because see, when Jesus walked the earth, he didn't claim that he was a good teacher or a wise prophet. He declared that he was the son of the living God, that he was literally God in a bod, which is crazy, right? But then Jesus goes and he starts to back up his words. He performed countless miracles. I mean, he turned water into wine. He healed the blind and the sick. He multiplied food. He calmed storms. He walked on water. He raised a guy from the dead, and he predicted his own death and his resurrection. And after all those events and many, many others, countless people began to believe that he was not some crazy man or a liar, but that he was, in fact, their Lord and Savior, that he was their hero. And maybe you're with us today and you're kind of new to this whole Jesus thing or Christianity thing. Uh, And if that's you, we're so glad you're joining us here today or watching online this morning. But you might be wondering, why do I even need a hero? I mean, why do I need a savior? And here's why. Scripture teaches us that all of us fall short, that all of us are in fact sinners, that there are no perfect people here today, that we all have disobeyed God and done wrong things, or made bad choices, not once, but hundreds, if not thousands of times in our lives. There are some of us, we have a messed up past. We have a jacked up history. And sometimes we even avoid places like church because we feel reminded of our wrongs and our screw-ups, and we tend to feel judged or condemned. But the good news of God is that God sent his son Jesus not to condemn you, but to rescue you. That God loves you so much that even though you've screwed up in your life, maybe, maybe time and time again, he has never given up on you. He has never stopped loving you. As Julie said last week, it is the greatest love story in the history of the universe. And in God's amazing love for you, he sent his son Jesus to teach us about him, and also to willingly lay down his life as the payment once and for all, for all of our wrongs, for all of our sins. So Jesus is the hero of everything for all time. And recognizing that truth and receiving and accepting this incredible free gift of God's forgiveness and grace through his son Jesus is really what it means to be a Christian to be a follower of Jesus. Now, today we're going to expand on this incredible story of God because becoming a Christian isn't the end of the story. In fact, it's really the beginning of the story. When Jesus died for our sins, he gave us the greatest blessing that we could ever hope for, an eternal love relationship as children, as sons and daughters of God, of the king of the universe. But we weren't blessed by God just to go on with our lives as business as usual and waste our lives away. No, we were blessed to be a blessing in this world to those around us. As followers of Jesus, we are called to actually follow the example of our Savior Jesus and become heroes in our world. 
See, God created each of you on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose in this life. There are no accidents in this room today. There are no accidents watching online this morning. And when you discover that he wants for your life so much more than you could even imagine for your life, and when you start to live out a relationship with him, it will not only change your life, but it can also impact the lives of others. It could even change the world. So if you have your Bible today, go ahead and, and open it up to the book of, of Jonah, and we're going to unpack the story of Jonah a little bit today. Um, but before we get into the story, on the Avengers team, I told you guys, one of my favorite characters is Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk. I mean, what's not to love about the Hulk? He's big, he's green, he's got a childlike innocence about him, and yet he is the strongest physically of all the superheroes. But Hulk's alter ego, the brilliant Dr. Bruce Banner, is ashamed of what he's become. He's ashamed of being the Hulk, and he's also afraid that he's going to hurt somebody, that he's going to hurt some innocent people someday. And so because of this, he often runs away. He often goes and he hides. He's so afraid. And when he runs away, guess what? The evils in the world around him, they don't just disappear. They don't go away. In fact, oftentimes they get worse. And there are several times that his teammates, the Avengers, have to try to go and find him. They have to search him out. They have to look for him because they know they need him if they're going to have any chance to save the world. And, and there's a simple truth in life that just kind of parallels this. And, and I've seen it over and over and over again. And it's this. Here's a big truth this morning for you guys. That running from God always leads to regrets. Always. And so up here with me, I have four chairs today. And these chairs are going to kind of represent something for us. What's true about these chairs is that three out of four of these chairs represent this idea of running from God. And as I unpack this today and I start to kind of turn these chairs around and reveal them to you, you might see yourself sitting in one or more of these chairs. And what I'm hopefully going to reveal to you, though, is that three of these chairs are the wrong chairs to be sitting in in life. Because again, running from God always leads to regrets, always. So let's get started. Here's chair number one. Chair number one is the I don't care chair. The I don't care chair. There's some things in life that, that we just don't care about. The Tour de France, okay? <laughs> It's called the Tour de France because it's a bike race that happens in France, hence the name de France. I don't care, okay? <laughs> to me, it's just a bunch of dudes riding around in spandex on bikes, okay? I don't care about it. And, and we're all different. We're all different. I, I get that. There, there are things that you care about that I might not care about. There are things I care about you might not care about. Some of you are like me, and you like superhero movies, in fact, you couldn't wait for Black Widow to come out this summer. You are so excited that in a couple weeks, the next Marvel movie is going to be coming out, okay? Others of you are weird like my wife, and you like romantic comedies and musicals, and that's okay. You're allowed to. You stood in line to see Mamma Mia 2, even though it was the same music from the first film. You were okay with that. Some of you are crazy. You like scary movies. I think the world can be scary enough right now without adding zombies into it. Some of you are smart. 
You like vacationing for the winter in a five-star resort on a beach somewhere, right? Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Orlando, Florida, the Caribbean. Others of you are like Ted Bennett. You like pretending like you're homeless and going camping in the woods. <laughs> I'll take the, the five-star resort every time. I just want to let you know, every time, okay? But see, I, I think the most dangerous chair to be sitting in when it comes to your walk with God is the I don't care chair, is the I don't care chair. Let, let's look at Jonah chapter one. Here's what scripture says. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. We'll get back to that in a minute. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, how cool would that be if every day when you got up in the morning, God spoke to you? Like you could hear the audible voice of God speaking to you or he drops you a text on what you got to do in that day. That would be absolutely unbelievable. But our man Jonah didn't think so. God came to Jonah and said, dude, I need you to do something really important for me. Jonah, you were created on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. I have a mission for your life that's going to bring me, the God who created you, glory. But Jonah didn't care. And so he went the other way. So my first question for you today is this. Do you really care about what God has done for you and what God wants for you? Do you really care about what God has done for you and what God wants for you? Because if you don't, then you're probably sitting in this chair. And let me tell you who might be sitting in this chair today. It's a person who during worship this morning, as Pastor Jim and the worship team are just pouring out Praise and glory to God. It's a person that just has their arms crossed. They're just sitting there with a bad attitude. And they're thinking, can we just get through this? I don't even know that song. That's a new song. I don't know that song. The music is too loud. Why do we have all these lights in here on the stage? Why do some of these crazy people around me have their hands raised? Where's my hymnal? Don't we sing out of that anymore? It's a person that when the speaker gets up, they check out or check Facebook or leave to go to the bathroom every week, or just fall asleep. It's like, yeah, whatever, I just don't care. By the way, it's hard to experience God if you show up 10 minutes late each week for the service and then leave 10 minutes early. You wouldn't do that in a movie, would you? You wouldn't do that with the Avengers, just to Almighty God. And here's the problem with that. If that's your general attitude in life, you're probably not a follower of Jesus. And that's a dangerous place to be. But pastor, I prayed a prayer once at an altar. According to the scriptures, if you don't have a love for Jesus anywhere in your heart and there's no desire to follow him, you're probably not saved. You're pulling a Jonah and you're running from God. And running from God always leads to regrets. The person who stays in the I don't care chair is in a dangerous place. And if that's you, you need to get out of that chair, and you need to do it today. Chair number two. Chair number two is called the I'm scared chair. The I'm scared chair. Now, all of us have different fears in life. In fact, I, I looked up some of the, you know, the, the biggest kind of phobias and fears that people have, and I'm going to see if you guys can help me out a little bit this morning. Go ahead and, and raise your hand. If you're afraid of heights or flying or anything like that, I won't make fun of you, I promise. Notice my hand is in the air too. I feel you, my people. I, I do not like heights 
at all. I had a buddy of mine in college one time. He's like, hey, man, this weekend, you want to go jump out of an airplane? And I was like, no, thank you, freak. I was like, <laughs> airplanes are meant to keep people inside, not outside, okay? Um, how many of you are scared of spiders? Any people with arachnophobia? Okay, some of you. Yeah, I, I think um, hell for me might be getting thrown out of an airplane while holding a tarantula <laughs> and a cat. That might be the worst thing for me, okay? How about this one? How many of you are afraid of public speaking, of getting up in front of a crowd? Yeah, you are? You want to come up here and tell us about it? No, you sure? Okay. You, you can preach the sermon next week. We'll have you, we'll have you do that, okay? But yeah, we're all, we can all be scared of different, different things. But see, Jonah didn't just not care. Jonah was also scared. Check it out, picking up in verse 3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish, okay? He headed down, um, went down to Joppa. You always go down when you run from the Lord, by the way, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying a fare, because it always costs something when you run from God, he, he, he went aboard and he sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. The I'm scared chair. Now, here's the deal. Jonah was a prophet, and prophets were generally not popular people in the Old Testament. I mean, they, they declared the truth of God, which oftentimes isn't very popular. And so God wanted Jonah to go to, to this corrupt city of Nineveh, the largest city of that day, and he's like, I want you to shine. I want you to be a light in the darkness. I want you to start pointing people to God because this, this city, it, it, it's crumbling. It's going to collapse. It's going to be gone. Go to Nineveh and represent Jonah for God. And Jonah said, heck to the no, I'm in the I'm scared chair. Now, people in the I'm scared chair usually are Christians. They've usually given their lives to Jesus, but only a part of their life. Only a part of their life. They refuse to live out their lives completely for Christ. The person in the I'm scared chair is like, all right, God, I'm going to go to church but I'm not going to invite any of my friends or neighbors. Because if they come, they might start asking me questions, and I don't really want anyone to know I'm a Christian and how I live my life. I'm scared to represent Jesus, okay? I, I, I'm not sure, you know, I, I'll go to church. I'll watch a service online. I'm okay with that. But I'm not going to serve. I'm, I'm not going to give. I, I don't think I can make that step. And guess what? It can be scary to go all in with Jesus. It can be scary to take a stand for Jesus because when we start doing that, people are gonna notice. But here's the problem with that. God calls every one of us as believers to stand out. Now let me clarify. Standing out does not mean acting stupid. I'm not telling you to go to your job tomorrow or students to, to get ready for the start of school and to walk in with a megaphone and start screaming at people, get saved or get microwaved. That's not what I'm saying, okay? I'm talking about representing Jesus through your words, through your action, through your life, outside of the walls of a church building. Are you willing to get uncomfortable for God? Or are you stuck in the I'm scared chair? Because listen to me, nobody who stays in the I'm scared chair has ever made a real difference for Jesus. But they carry around a lot of regrets. A lot of regrets. Chair number three. Chair number three is the I'm aware chair. The I'm aware chair. Um, I, I don't get on Facebook 
all that often. I, I told you guys earlier that I try, to, I try to limit my social media usage because I think some of the stuff out there just is really mentally draining. I do like stalking people on Twitter. I, I do enjoy doing that because it gives me a window into, into people's lives. Um, and, you know, I like looking at, you know, some famous people and what they're doing. And one of the, one of the famous people that I follow on Twitter is Jimmy Fallon. Because um, I, I just, I find him to be um, pretty hilarious. Like, on my bucket list in life is to go to see The Tonight Show live sometime. As a kid, my dad would let me stay up late at night sometimes to watch Johnny Carson with him. And then uh, early in our marriage, Julie and I, um, we enjoyed watching Jay Leno. And uh, although I don't watch it as much anymore, I think J Jimmy Fallon is super talented. He's a funny host. And so Jimmy will put stuff on Twitter, like, so excited for the show tonight. This is the lineup of guests that we're going to be having this week, hanging in an elevator with Paul McCartney. He'll throw stuff like that on there. And so because of Twitter, I can know some stuff about Jimmy Fallon, but I don't have a personal relationship with him. Like if I rolled up into an IHOP one night and Jimmy Fallon was sitting there eating chocolate chip pancakes and I went up to his booth and I was like, hey, Jimmy, what's up, man? I'm your pal AJ from Twitter. Those pancakes look good. Can I get a bite of that? Like, he wouldn't have a clue who I was, and he'd probably have his security guards, like, crush me and throw me out of the restaurant, right? See, I believe that there are some of us here today who follow Jesus the way that I follow Jimmy. And you listen to some music about him in the car, and you know some stuff about him from, from going to church, but you don't have a personal relationship with him. You're aware of who he is. You have some head knowledge, but that's never worked its way six inches down into your heart to have a personal love relationship with him. You're aware of who he is and some things he said. It just has no real bearing on your life. Kind of like Jonah, picking up in verse 4. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to their own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, and he lay down, and he fell into a deep, what church? Sleep. Kind of crazy. Storm is going around him. It's a hurricane going around him, and he's asleep. Picking up in verse 6, the captain finally went to him and said, how can you sleep? So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? What's your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. Stop. Time out for a second. Was Jonah really worshiping the Lord, church? No, absolutely not, right? What was he doing when they went and found him? Sleeping. Yeah, he was asleep. There's a storm outside the boat, and he's sleeping. It is completely possible in the I'm aware chair to acknowledge Jesus with your mouth and with your words, but not follow him as Lord of your life. But here's the deal, church. A true follower of Jesus acknowledges him with both their words and their actions with their life. So here's a touchy subject for some of you students in the room this morning. School's going to be starting soon. 
What are your grades going to be like this year? Some of you students are like, well, I don't, I don't really, really care about my grades. Really? Because if you're a follower of Jesus, that's an area in your life that God has put you in charge of. God has given you responsibility, stewardship over that. And if you're sold out for Jesus, if you're a middle school student, a high school student, a college student who's sold out for Jesus, you should be busting your butt to do well in school. Here's another one. What are your dating relationships like? You know, I was a student pastor for 10 years, and it was funny. I would have the same conversations with students every year at teen camp, almost every year, like clockwork. Usually it was a young lady. Sometimes it was a guy who was making a really dumb relationship decision. And she'd come up to me and she'd be like, oh my gosh, Pastor AJ, I'm like so excited to be here in the presence of God. I just love my church and I love camp and I'm having so much fun. I just wish my boyfriend would be here. And I always go, time out, time out. Why isn't your boyfriend here? Well, you know, he, he really doesn't, he doesn't really go to church. Well, why not? Well, you know, he's like, he's like not a Christian. Every stinking year. And I would just look at her and I would be like, then why, why are you dating him? Can you unpack that for me? And she's like, well, I just have to have a boyfriend. Really? Like, show me that Bible verse. I'd love to see it. Young women, let me speak to you this morning the way that I would speak to my daughters. God created you beautiful. God created you awesome and intelligent and amazing. You don't need a guy hanging all over you to affirm that fact to you. You don't need that to show you that you're worthy. God's word says you're beautiful and amazing and awesome and worthy. If you're trying to be a follower of Jesus, why in the world would you choose to date someone that's not fully in love with Jesus? Well, they say they're a Christian. Mm -mm. I'm talking about in love with Jesus. If they're in love with Jesus, they don't have to tell you they're a Christian. You'll know. And let me tell you something, men and women. This is not just a teenage thing. This is just a high school, college um, student kind of thing. When you decide in your life, especially for our singles in the room, when you decide, I want to be sold out for Jesus in my life, I promise you, I can almost guarantee you that Satan is going to send somebody cute into your life. Okay? In 25 years of pastoral ministry, I have seen tons of people get fired up for God, feel a calling by God to do something big, to take a next step, to serve, to maybe even go into ministry, and not three months go by and they start dating someone who's not in love with Jesus and they drop out of church and they disappear. Like the FBI can't find them. I know married people, I know married people who walk away from something God is calling them to do in their life because they've elevated their spouse who does not follow Christ to a position in their life where God should be. Some of you know a lot about God, but you've never said to him, I want you to be Lord of everything. And that's a dangerous place to be because when you're living life in the I'm aware chair, you are still running from God and you'll still wind up with regrets. Chair number four, last one we're going to look at today. Chair number four is the I'm there chair. Jesus, I'm there. In fact, the person in this chair doesn't even sit in that chair. You know who sits in that chair? Jesus does. 
He is on the throne of their life. They have given him first place in every area of their life. They are all in with Jesus. God is first in every area, and they're willing to do whatever he tells them to do. Some of you in this room, and I've had the the privilege of meeting with many of you throughout the week over the last weeks and months, and there are some of you in this room I am so pumped up about because you are literally in that chair. That's where you're at. And it's evident in your life. And your attitude is, God, whatever you want me to do, God, wherever you want me to go, I'm there. You want me to go on a mission trip to Philadelphia? I'm there. You want me to serve in kids or teen ministry? I'm there. You want me to put my talents and play an instrument or sing a song? I'm willing to do it. You want me to go public with my faith and get baptized? I'm all in. You want me to take an ownership class and go deeper in being a part of this church and connecting? I'm in. You want me to join a small group? I'm there. You want me to share my faith with others? I'm there. You want my wallet and my checkbook? It's yours. Tell me what you want me to do, God, and I'm there. I want to serve you with my entire life. And that's why this is one of our core values here at our church. And it's this, that that saved people serve people. That saved people serve people. That people who are truly following Jesus say, God, you can use my life. I'm a living sacrifice for you and for your glory. See, everyone, you're the church of the living God, if you didn't realize that. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're part of the body of Christ. You are the church of the living God. God's not calling for the Avengers to take action and save the world. He's calling you to take action. The people who embrace that, they're difference makers. They're heroes. They can change the world for God. And guess what? Jonah, he finally gets there. Verse 12. Pick me up and throw me in the sea, he replied, and it'll become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Continuing on into verse 14. Then they cried to the Lord, O Lord, do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. O Lord, you have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and they threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. And so Jonah sat in the belly of a stinky fish for three days, and then, then, he finally decided to take a next step and to switch chairs. In Jonah 2, verse 8, he says this, those who cling to worthless idols Forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with the song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. And so Jonah finally said, God, I am all in. I'm sold out for you. And Jonah got a second chance. Jonah went to Nineveh, and the people of Nineveh were saved. Jonah changed the world. And now Jonah, he's considered a Bible hero. So I believe with all my heart that the people of this church could potentially lead the greatest awakening of God that this community, this state has ever seen. I believe in you. I believe God is going to raise up teenagers and men 
and women inside this church to lead the greatest awakening of God in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in South Portland, in Scarborough, in Westbrook, in Wyndham, in Saco, in Old Orchard, in Cape Elizabeth, Portland, Falmouth, Gray, wherever we all live, and ultimately in our state of Maine and beyond. And that's the reason that I'm here. It's the reason my family's here week after week, going on almost three years now. And God willing, if you'll have me, hopefully for many, many more years. And new people will come. And they're going to join us in this mission. New leaders are going to emerge that have a heart and a passion for our communities and are willing to do whatever it takes to get us where God wants us to go. But that's going to require some of us to change the chair that we're sitting in. And again, that's my prayer. That's my prayer for each and every one of us today, that God would raise up men and women and students that are willing to say, Jesus, I'm in. I'm all in. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm sold out for you. Use my life to change the world for your glory. I just want to serve you. So as we close today, the worship team is going to lead us in a song. And I just want you to know, as always, Pastor Jim says it every week, these altars are open. If you've got to get some things right with God today, I invite you to do so. They're always open. If you're watching online right now, you can drop to your knees right in your living room or your bedroom, wherever you're at, and you can say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to switch chairs. Will you help me to do it? Don't waste another second of your life. Be obedient to God. Take a next step. Let's stand and sing together.
pray together with uh, heads bowed and eyes closed. God, I, I thank you for the privilege of being in this place to share with these awesome people who you love this morning. And, and my prayer this morning is simply this, that today you would begin the process of raising up men and women and teenagers who would be willing to go all in with you. And that by doing so, God, you would use our lives to change the world. That some people today would make some decisions in their life to move chairs from I don't care or I'm scared or I'm just aware to Jesus, I'm there. Jesus, I am sold out for you. You can have it all. You can save people, serve people. Love people, love people. I'm sold out for you, God. And running from God, it always leads to regrets. But God, give us the wisdom today to know what to do with what we've heard from this incredible story in your word of Jonah. And then give us the courage to be people of action, to actually make a course correction, to make a change, to apply this truth into our lives, to take a next step to move chairs. We love you, and, and God, we, we give you glory in advance for what you're gonna be doing in the lives of your people. We pray this in the powerful name of your son. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Church, can we celebrate what God is doing? God bless you guys. I hope we'll see you back next Sunday as we continue in part three of At The Movies. I also wanted to share one announcement with you guys. It'll be coming out in the, in the email. And by the way, if, you're, if you don't get the weekly Friday email, we would love for you to be a part of that. You can just email us at the church at spcnazarene at gmail.com and just say, hey, add me to the email list. We would love to do that. But Friday, September 10th, mark your calendar. After we finish part four of this series, we're planning on doing an all-church movie night that's going to be a lot of fun um, to kind of kick off the fall. And so again, that'll be Friday, September 10th. More information coming out in the weekly email for that. God bless Bless you guys. Have a great week. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free. Oh, it's free. Ciao.